Before we go into the podcast, I want to just talk about a business that I've set up with my friend George. Uh, it is called the Podcast Introduction Group. So if you want to join and be able to be featured on 24 to 48 pods, podcasts to be able to reach an amazing audience, this is the place you need to go to. Podcast being a guest on podcasts is automatically establishing you as an authority and is able to build your personal and professional brand. We handpick of a bank of podcasters that we have to be able to grow your business and brand. We do 100% of everything that needs to be done by my team. You do not need to lift a finger. You are able to expose yourself to new and relevant markets by going on other people's podcasts. You also are able to create brand loyalty. People will love listening to you and coming back to your products or services and it's able to increase your revenue. So if you want to be able to get involved, you can sign up quickly registered with a with an account manager there's an onboarding call where we target the podcasts that you want to be on the type that you want whether it's entrepreneurship business health fitness whatever it is we then match you to those podcasts and you can start your journey we have regular catch-ups with our account managers and google ranks you when people search for you so when people are searching for you you're able to see your podcast at the top of the list. So if you are interested in being a podcast guest on multiple podcasts, we are the place to go. If you go to podcastintroduction.com and go and register your details, we will have an, a, a quick call with you, uh, match your, your podcast that you want to be on, and we can then start this process ASAP. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Back onto the podcast then. Just one last thing before we go into the podcast, I just wanted to talk to you about the fact that I have a YouTube channel that has been going for quite some time and I am recording and releasing all of my interviews with some short videos as well on YouTube. So please do check it out, YouTube on Absolute Business Mindset. You'll see a bunch of interviews there, all the longer format interviews and some short videos as well. So please enjoy that. And here goes with the podcast interview. Today we have Sebastian Schieker, who is an entrepreneur, CEO, mentor, and business angel and investor. Hello, Sebastian. How are you today? Hey, Mark. Thanks for having you on the show. I'm awesome. Thank you. Good. I'm so pleased that you're with me today. Thank you very much for, for being here. Um, the first question I ask all of my guests is the podcast is called uh, Absolute Business Mindset. What is a business mindset to you? Yeah, for me, a business mindset is actually always looking out for opportunities and uh, and if possible, turning these opportunities into, into, into a new product, a new service, something you can use to create value for your customers. And this, this opportunity mindset is, for me, I mean, the most important uh, skill of an entrepreneur because, I mean, for me, it was basically responsible for most of my success so far. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Um, so you've got, a, there's a story in your upbringing. You were, you were brought up in East Germany until <laughs> the age of 14. Yes. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about what, how, how sort of, it, how it was different and how, how now that you've seen that what your upbringing was like compared to other parts of Germany, West Germany? 
Of course. I mean, I, I grew up in, in Dresden, which is basically on the eastern part of, of Germany. And um, I was born 75. So um, um, my um, my youth, I spent in a, in a communist country. And in a communist country, entrepreneurship almost didn't exist. You know, I mean, uh, um, everything belonged to the, um, to the, I mean, at least they said that everyone belonged to everybody. Of course, this wasn't true, but um, there was no real entrepreneurship. Also, um, a few small um, businesses existed. And basically, the start uh, of my entrepreneurial career was inspired by my mother because she she founded a hairdressing saloon. So run it on her own despite the odds and despite all the the hardship you, you faced as an entrepreneur in East, in, in East Germany. Why do you think in your mindset you you lent yourself towards entrepreneurship? It's a good question. Um, I mean, for me, growing up in this uh, in this restricted world, you know, um, I was always looking for for freedom. I was always looking to do my thing. You know, um, I hated uh, regulation. I hated um, that people told me what to do. And uh, I saw this probably in my subconscious mind. I saw that entrepreneurship. Would give me this freedom, you know, this uh, um, opportunity to do things on my terms. And uh, once once we moved over to to West Germany when I was um, fourteen, basically right after the wall came down, I um, I, I met. I mean, we we went to uh, we went to uh, relatives, and they also run their own own construction office and. Their freedom, their possibilities—they uh, really, they really inspired me, you know. And this sort of saw the seeds uh, for me to go into this direction. Do you think the constriction of the communist state and your desire to have freedom and have life on your terms—do you think that's a direct result of those experiences as a young child, or do you think there's something inside of you, sort of like a nature nurture, is naturally that you are an entrepreneur? Well, I mean, obviously, uh, my personality supports this, uh, this, uh, or supported this, this drive. You know, I mean, we all have different personality traits, different uh, behavioral tendencies, and, and I'm a very um, 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 go-getter guy. You know, I want to get things done. I always have goals. I always strive for something, and this obviously is uh, is, is one important element which. Um, which add to um to my experience as uh living in this in this uh country of uh, um yeah basically shortage and and um and restrictions did you did you did you hate it the the, the restrictions that you had would you would you go as strongly as you hated it or was it more of a retrospective once you saw the freedom that that the the West had that it was. It, uh, what I'm trying to get at is psychologically, sort of in your mindset. Were you fighting against it all the time, or was it that once you saw where the ball came down, that actually there is freedom, there is entrepreneurship, there's all these things that you're looking mm. for. How, how, how what, would you have defined it? How do you find it? Good question. Um, I didn't actively fight against it, but I would I would argue if I would have been older. If I would have lived longer in this country, then I probably would have started to to also fight to also be against the system. And actually, I'm quite 
um, pleased that I'm um, that I I wasn't that old by the time because if I would have uh, um, um, acted more aggressively against the system, I might have ended up in. Uh, in in some institution, uh, um, I mean, you you know the stories, you know, of people who uh, who speak against the system. They uh, they um, uh, had uh, they had a experience of a lot of uh, hardship and and, and trouble, uh, which didn't happen to me. So I was quite lucky to move over to West Germany in my in young age. You just said that you are you you you've always set goals and that's always been something for you because you're a go-getter and you want to set goals what is the methodology what how do you set your goals do you set set yearly goals half yearly goals weekly goals daily goals do you do all of the above how do, how do you sort of set out your goal setting if for in january for the year yes i mean it's an interesting question and then this this process has de- evolved you know um Initially, I uh, was setting uh, really long-term goals, you know, um, three to five-year goals. I broke it down in, in yearly goals, monthly, and and so on. I even run a, a yearly um, event, you know, at the end of the year um, where we um, do goal setting and and uh, prepare for the next year. Um, I think I've become more agile now in the last years, you know, because... Uh, um, Long-term planning is very difficult in 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 the life of constant change in the life of uh, of uh, this 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 VUCA world we live in. You know the volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. So, I tend to set um, a maximum of one-year goals nowadays. But um, I um, I really try to have a kind of an agile approach, like a sprint planning, where I look at the next three to four months and see, okay, what is uh, what is actually um, um, important for me. What do I need to focus on? Uh, I balance the goals out. I use this wheel of life methodology where you have all the different areas of your life. Um, I mean, called business, uh, financials, but also health, family, um, my spouse, my, my partner, my wife, um, my kids that I assign a lot of, uh, assign enough attention to these individual areas because, Hey, what uh, what is the result when you have an amazing business and and uh, poor health and and uh, not an existing family life? You know, this is not uh, this is not healthy and it doesn't make you happy in the long run. So, my philosophy is that uh, to really balance the areas of your life out and uh, intentionally really set goals in these individual areas and also invest time in them. So you set yearly goals. Do you review them halfway through or do you just, are you just plowing on with them? And then do you then break them into monthly targets like KPIs or, or how do you structure below that yearly? Cause I get, I get that. I, I do yearly goals and I review yeah. at the end of July, sort of halfway through the year. Yeah. I can push on in the second half of the year. <clears throat> you do your yearly goals. How do you, how do you then I, break them into KPIs? I also I also um, break them down in uh, in uh, I review them once. Uh, I mean, in the middle of the year as yeah. well. Then I break a yearly goal down into into monthly uh, buckets. You know, into into achievable um, um, outcomes. And then I have a, a a weekly process where every Monday. Initially, I did it uh, Sunday night, but having a family, having kids. It's really hard to plan a, a time on a Sunday evening, but Monday morning, uh, I don't have anything scheduled uh, before uh, uh, 
uh, 9.30 and when I come to the office at 8, I will sit down on a Monday and I look at my week. I look at my um, areas of life. I look at my, um, my, my monthly and, and quarterly goals. And then I plan my week accordingly and see, okay, how can I assign um, enough time and attention to the individual areas of my life so that I make progress? Excellent. And you mentioned just a minute ago about the wheel of life, that sort of financial, personal financial, uh, yeah. uh, work, business, uh, family. Spirituality. Which, yeah. which bit are you best at and which bit are you worst at on the wheel of life? I mean, it really depends, I would say. Yeah? There are times, um, I mean, we, we always tend to focus more energy on 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 business yeah i mean this is uh, in in our nature yeah as a as an achiever you always try to be successful and and you put a lot of emphasis in so um in the end this uh, is one of my areas which is uh, uh, yeah very very successful because it it has consistent uh, attention yeah um i also made lots of progress in um, in in my health yeah, um, I ten years ago I had um, ten kilos overweight, um, which uh, I reduced. I uh, I um, um, started running. I started um, uh, changing my diet, which uh, which was uh, amazing. I lost a bit in the last two years because I have a I have a um, um, a tendon which I hurt while running, you know, and and this prevents me a little bit from. Uh, from exercising as much as I want. And, um, and then you see that, uh, your, your fitness level, I mean, I measure everything, you know, I have all these apps and then I have aura ring and you see that how fitness is impacting. You no, know? if you're not able to practice and work out in the same level as, as, as you did in the past. So seeing this, um, makes me realize, okay, I need to put more focus on this, uh, on this area. And, um, and of course, uh, Look for different uh, workout uh, methodologies, yeah, to um, keep this uh, this fitness level up. We spent uh, uh, a lot of time in the family, yeah. So I always try to uh, focus on on that area. Um, what I what I want to do more next year is is uh, contribution, you know, giving back more to the um, uh, community, and this is why I also started my own podcast, by the way, because. This is something where you can share um, thoughts, where you can share ideas. Where you in I also interview um, um, high-performance CEOs, and uh, using this uh, this this medium to to give back, yeah, to educate uh, um, our listeners. And what's the podcast called? It's the high-performance uh, CEO podcast. And what's what's the what's the USP for it? Well, I try to um, I collect uh, high-performance habits of uh, um, um of founders of um uh, ceo of primarily tech companies so on one hand uh, we talk about uh, the the personality habits uh, what do they do to be successful to um, to manage uh, workload to lead their team but i also look for interesting companies you know interesting companies in the tech space who really change the world? Who really bring um, uh, value uh, in a in a new way to um, to um, businesses and 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 people? And this combination uh, 
I like a lot. Uh, um, I, I learn a lot. I meet met amazing people in the last couple of months, and um, and I also think this this brings a lot of value to our listeners uh, because uh, the combination of performance habit, but also um, a really purposeful driven business is, is something uh, I think uh, is is needed uh, in this world. And don't downplay the the value that it adds to you. Being able to, like, I feel blessed. I feel privileged yeah. to, be able to speak to great CEOs, great coaches, great authors, great business people, entrepreneurs. And I'm very lucky to be in this position to spend an hour with people like you, Sebastian. And I learn stuff that I, I wasn't aware of, or it refreshes yeah. that I'm already aware of. And um, it really it. it it is a little bit selfish. You are you are giving back. You're giving to a community. Of course, it's a two way thing. Yeah, actually, there is something very beautiful about actually yes. having this space and this time with people that you probably wouldn't really speak to because they're not really your niche, your area, and haven't been exposed to those people. I feel yeah. incredibly blessed to be able to be in that position. Me too. I really love this. Yeah, I didn't expect this uh, to be so much fun. <laughs> Right, let's talk about your current business. So you've been doing it for 22 years. Is it Skytus? Skytus? Yes. I mean, I, 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 um, when I, I basically, I started, uh, I founded my first company, Cytus, in the year 2000. Um, initially, I was, uh, I was a, a freelancer, an IT consultant before then, you know. Um, I was luckily at the right time, at the right place, you know, at a time where, IT, uh, if you could spell IT, you could get a high paid job. Uh, and this was, this was a crazy, crazy time. And uh, I had more work I could handle. So I, I, um, worked as a consultant a couple of years working for different banks and, and corporates here in Germany. And then I thought, yeah, I mean, I can run this as a business. So I didn't want to be my own, on my own anymore. I wanted to also, um, basically put people into other positions. So I founded our first company. But, um, I mean, different, uh, aspects. I mean, on one hand, the, the IT market changed right after the year 2000. You know, we had this big boom in the, uh, yeah, this, um, um, Y2K topic, you know, where, I mean, everyone thought the, the world is going to end. Nothing happened apart from the fact that people made lots of money. <laughs> and, uh, made lots of money, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, I also didn't really, didn't really enjoy this process of just shuffling CVs back and forth. So I did this, uh, on a, on a lower scale. And then uh, I also was working as a, as a, um, a consultant doing IT projects. And again, um, being at the right time at the right place, I, um, got into a project. They implemented a treasury management system for, um, uh, for, for, for their, 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 finance department and, and risk management department. And uh, I sort of found this fascinating, this, this product, the, the, the finance world, you know, um, managing cash, managing financial risks. And uh, I sort of said, yeah, this is an interesting topic. So I, I went, I went into this, uh, this product. I literally printed out this, this, this manual, you know, I mean, a few hundred pages. I started reading it. I started getting uh into this uh, product, I was supporting this project for over two years. I was working really hard, you know, really on the on the uh, on the system and 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 implementing um, functions, uh, um, helping designing uh, the business process, and I really enjoyed it. 
And I probably also did a good job. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't kept me so long. And um, and then there was a time when I was really, I was really uh, worked out. You know, I mean, I was really tired, and I wanted to do do go on holiday. Yeah, I really wanted to travel, and I wanted to go to Australia for six weeks. I mean, this was my big plan back then. You know, and I thought, hey, how can I do that? How can I go away and still support my client? And then I sort of. Uh, changed from a um, one-man show to a real company, I hired my first employee. Huh? Then I went away. Just just on that, the first yeah. employee, was it a friend? Was it a colleague? Was it ex-colleague? Was it a, a person? Did you apply? Did the person apply for it? It was a boyfriend of a friend. So uh, um, a friend of uh, which I knew uh, for a while and her boyfriend he was looking for a job and then yeah, we met and it was a good chemistry. And then he, he started and he stayed with me for 22 years. Yeah. Um, 23 years, really? Yes. Because I, I basically retired from this business this year. Uh, tell you about the story later. So, um, he started, I went away and, uh, and he, he did an amazing job. I came back and business exploded. You know, we had more clients, more, more people and, uh, it was just was growing, growing like crazy. And uh, because luckily, right time, right place, there was a niche, there was a demand. And uh, the business grew for probably 10 years, you know, which was um, a blessing, but it was also a curse for me, you know? Why is that? Because when things grow, yeah, then you become... You become complacent, you know, you become, you take success for granted and you don't develop the skills which are so crucial to be successful in the long run. Yeah? So once my, once this market changed and I, I know exactly the story, you know, I was, um, I was uh, standing, I was by the time back then we, we all wore suits, you know, so I was in the suit shop, you know, putting on some suits and uh, I was thinking, yeah, you know, what shall happen to me? You know, I have now 20 odd employees working for me. Uh, money is coming in. Uh, business is coming in, you know, I mean, what shall happen? Yeah. Little did I know that, uh, uh, within a short period of time, this whole thing changed, you know, for various reasons. Yeah. The market changed. Um, the, um, uh, companies they had, um, they developed over time. They had their own people building up the knowledge. So there wasn't a big demand anymore. And, and I was suddenly, I was really feeling I almost depressed and, and fearful. And, uh, I didn't know what to do because I didn't build up the skills, you know, because I was always in a sunny world, sunshine all over the place. And suddenly we had rain coming. Yeah? So it was a tough process. Uh, I had to restructure the business, uh, um, but the most important uh, thing I learned back then is that anything, in order to change anything for me, I had to change. Huh? So I started a process of personal development. Of uh, I worked with coaches. I traveled the world. I went to seminars, you know, and um, I really changed myself, my mindset. I also changed my physiology. As I said, I lost 10, 10 kilos um, and, uh, and really Turn things around for me. 
So I want, do, I want to touch on yeah. those things on mental health and on personal development. There are two areas I want to talk about, but I just want to reel it back a little bit because I want to just understand. So I was a consultant for 14 years, worked at a couple of the big four accountancy firms in their consulting area. So I sort of, I get it. I get what you were doing and the essential we do. But for some of the, of my listeners that, didn't don't have that corporate experience or don't mm. have that that understanding in your it's sort of like a, what what value does a consultant add that a employee doing an internal review can't do like what what's the additional value that that consultant can provide to a company yeah it's the outside view it's the outside view and uh, the experience this consultant has with, with uh, different clients you know with different other clients uh, facing similar problems uh, but the, the outside view is is so important because we all we all stuck in our head you know and and we all uh, have our um, um, biases and um, and this um, an external consultant often doesn't have and i also work with coaches and uh, people helping me to get out of my mind, you know, when I, when I focus on a, on a topic and, and I, I think I'm, I'm stuck, you know, then I ask someone else because they have a different viewpoint. And this is why, um, companies, uh, offered, um, companies hired consultants or still do. Do you see that like, there's this very, um, stereotypical view of a management consultant, which is slightly different from a consultant? I was, I worked and I worked with clients. We had products. Mm. Uh, tech products that we sold to to companies and so i consulted with them and gave them advice yeah these very there's a very much uh, a different well not very different but a slightly different view of the management consultant yes. that yeah. drops into a company sits in a in a in a office space with other people with another three or four other people and they analyze the company, don't really talk to anyone. And yeah. then at the end, they do a fantastic PowerPoint presentation or a dashboard, create a dashboard, and then disappear. Yeah. Is that, is that actually true? Or what, what what's the reality? Because people have that perception. Um, I mean, I wasn't, I mean, we... We didn't work as uh, this this typical management consultant, so we uh, we we implemented solutions. So we we stuck with the um, clients until uh, it was basically um, uh, released. I mean, I've seen I've seen companies uh, I've seen consultant operate like this, yeah, especially especially in the past. I think it has changed a lot in in, in the last years because because uh, um, clients realize that. Um, this is not uh this is not uh, this is not working in the long run you know but i've seen i've seen this typical behaviors of uh, this pure management consultants uh coming in uh, um turning everything upside down creating powerpoints uh presenting it to the uh, to the to the management and then uh, they left they haven't the problem is that no one really took them uh, and Ask them to to stay until it's implemented. Then they would have realized that this might not uh, be um, a valuable solution, you know. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I I know this perception. Um, I I think uh, in current times this has uh, this has changed or is changing dramatically. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think things have changed, and I think 
what the response is a little bit by the management consultancies companies. They realize that they can have sort of longer grow, longer time with the client and they've got more billable hours. But the benefit for the client is that they get a lot more support and sort of daily support rather than yes. very isolated three weeks, four weeks in a company and then disappearing. So um, thank you. Thank you for your your view on that. So I wanted to touch on the mental health point of view that you've said you you experienced. So you had you had m- many years of good growth, good growth of your business, and then you you hit a, a snag where the the business wasn't growing perhaps as as much or how how much you wanted. And you said you you described depression. The word you used was actually depression. I, I didn't have depression. I mean, I had I was I was I had. Um... A lot of, um, I, I felt bad, you know, I, I felt, uh, I mean, there's a difference between having depression and feeling depressed, you know? Um, yeah, so I always say, I, I wanted to be careful about using yeah. that word because you might yes. have defined it slightly differently, but please go ahead. Yeah. So I, I actually felt, uh, um, fearful, you know, I mean, suddenly I had all these issues. Yeah. I mean, there's not enough. I mean, I had, I had 20 odd employees. So literally every month, um, I had to pay the equivalent of a, a Mercedes S class on, on, on salaries and social contribution. Yeah. So every month, a Mercedes S class was driving off my, my, my courtyard, you know, and, uh, I mean, I had good months before, but, uh, and I also had months where almost nothing came in, you know, so, uh, I mean, I needed to do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this was back then. Not having the experience I have now, it was a challenge. Mm. Uh, so I had sleepless nights. I, I I really didn't know what to do. And then I started um, to um, look at, uh, I mean, look at the course. Uh, and the course was not uh, not my my clients or, or the economy. The course was me. You know, I was the problem because I didn't have the skills to manage this. I didn't have the um, the, the mental toughness and, uh, the, the skills to manage my emotions. You know, we, we all go through the emotions, yeah? but, uh, we need to, I mean, I learned how to manage my state, uh, how to be focused and alert and, and, uh, positive despite what is happening around me, which I, I mean, I cannot, cannot change what's happening. You know, you cannot change the economy. You cannot change, yeah. um, uh, all these traumas which are happening in the world, but you can change how you react. Yes. You can change how you see this and what you do. And this is what I learned. And then my game changed. Were you, so people use the term now emotional intelligence and sort of empathy, which is, yeah. I think a little bit for both individual yeah. and for the rest of the world from your point of view, what, like, cause what I have struggled with in the past was I was quite empathetic with other people. And I was thinking about other people's, uh, drivers emotions but I was really bad at my own emotional intelligence I I didn't really understand me so I had to spend some time working on understanding me what do I stand for what are my values why do I do these things what's my driver mm. and that that's that's been a real revelation for me to understand at my core what I what I stand for and what I want to sort of do in my life was that a similar experience for you? Or did you struggle with understanding yourself? Yes. yes. And I, I actually, I learned this uh, by, uh, I mean, first of all, um, engaging with all the, the content, going to the seminars and, and talking to coaches, but also 
with um, with some personal assessments I I use back then. You know, I mean, there are assessments which you can use to um, understand your your behavior tendencies, your motivators, even your your thinking patterns. You know, and and there you see where you might have blind spot. You talked about empathy. I personally have a. Uh, and 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 I did this assessment uh, uh, back then, and and just now again, I have a very high empathy. You know, I'm more, almost over attentive in my empathy. So I I think a lot about um, how do my actions influence others. Yeah, yeah? which of course is is uh, is is good in a sense, but it's also it it can also prevent you from taking necessary actions which are um yeah some difficult uh, which are difficult like for example um letting people go you know so when you have this over attentive and i always struggled with with firing people basically you know because i i focus too much on 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 this personal relationship and i was thinking too much how does my decision affect um, this person so being aware of that um i don't want to change my empathy but now at least i'm aware that this causes me um, some uh, uh, some sleepless nights, and um, if I would ever, and I hope not, <laughs> but if I would ever be in this position again that I had to fire people, then um, I would uh, I know that okay, I need to be more logically in this in this perspective. On the other hand, you have people with a low empathy. You know, I mean, best example uh, um, at the moment, uh, if you look at uh, how the layoffs at Twitter are handled. I mean, apparently. <laughs> Elon Musk has a uh, very low empathy. You know, he just sends an email to a few thousand people telling them you're fired. Huh? Mm. So you can measure this with these assessments. And, and this is so helpful for yourself to really understand yourself. And you have it on paper, but also when you build teams, when you, when you develop your, 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 your team and your company, you know, and you measure when you do these assessments with your team, then you know, where they're there, how they, how do they think? What is motivating them? Where do they might have blind spots? And then you can help them develop their, um, their, their skills and develop, um, uh, that they, um, well, strive and go in the right direction. Yeah. I, I, I get that. And, and, and I think I struggle also with what you're saying about empathy that the sort of, you want people, to stay and work with you and, and have the, have that good relationship. But sometimes yeah. people aren't a good fit anymore or um, whatever it's that things, things, things can change. I suppose. Um, what, what, what was it like? Just talk, talk me through your, your mindset of actually the first person you had to fire, you had to get rid of. Um, what was your, your approach? Were you factual were you empathetic? Were, how how was oh. that that difficult? Because we all have difficult conversations. They're not always yes. firing people, but sometimes you you're just to just to have those difficult conversations with other people. How did you approach that from a from a stance? Emotional, empathetic. Yeah, I mean, it took me weeks. You know, it. I was going. Uh, I was basically going pregnant with ideas for for weeks. You know, and I was coming to the office i was avoiding uh this person uh because i knew hey uh, i need to do something and uh, i was always always telling me out of this you know saying yeah you know it's not that bad and we will manage we will find so i mean there was a situation where i couldn't really place this person with uh, um, 
on my with clients, you know, he didn't resonate with the clients and it just didn't work. So um, I was always trying to um, uh, tell myself out yeah, and, and, uh, and focus on, on hope, which is, is a bad, uh, uh, bad thing to do. You know, I mean, you cannot build a business on hope. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I really, and then uh, what helped me is, is, uh, talking this through with my management team and, uh, and, uh, really, uh, um, coming to a factual decision that, uh, um, this doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then, um, uh, um, I, um, executed on that and, um, yeah, I mean, in the end it, it, uh, it worked, it worked okay for both sides. Uh, he, uh, he realized that, uh, this, this is not working. And in the end, he was also happy, um, because now he had an opportunity to look for something else, which fitted better to his uh, situation. Um, so you're a consultant or a work consultant you're you're a business owner you're an entrepreneur you're an investor um what's your favorite part of business what's, what's the best bit what's what's the interesting bit is it the tech is it the finance is it the coaching what's your favorite bit of, of being in business i mean initially uh it was um um running projects and uh and 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 uh delivering a solution to the client. I did this for 22 years. I retired from this business this year. And um, my main, my, my, my really most, in, the thing I'm, I like most is helping other people, working with, uh, with other entrepreneurs, uh, helping them uh, reach the next level in their business and in their, in their personal um, development. And this is, this is where I really uh, thrive. Um, working with them one-to-one, and and also um we help them uh, develop their teams so we we run team uh, programs uh, and uh, really uh, help them to build uh, build a high performance organization this is what i really enjoy and uh, maybe can add lots of value to our customers absolutely absolutely thank you um what do you think is the biggest lesson that you've learned from those years, those 22 years before you retired, what's, what's, what's the biggest lesson that you've had? You've been through boot, like good growth, like mm. solid, solid growth yeah. through hard times as well. What, what was the one, well, maybe not one thing, but what, what are the lessons that you've learned from all these years in business that you would want to either share with your 18 year old self or share with a, a an 18 year old Co uh, friend, colleague, or of yours. Yeah, when you run a business uh, as a founder, you go through different stages. <laughs> you often start as a as the expert. You know, you're really good at something you do. Yeah, um, be a coder or a creator, or a musician. Or you are the expert in a, in, a, in a business, and then you you start an organization, you start a business, and um, focus on on doing this then after a certain time you realize okay you you need people you need to build up a team so you transition from um, being the expert to being the manager um, some completely transition to being a manager some uh, stay part expert part manager yeah, it's a process um, to really bring a business to another level and to really create a business and 
and and, and create a, a sustainable organization, you have to transition from the manager to be a real entrepreneur so and you, to be a you, business you owner. Quoted Michael Gerber's E Myth. I don't know if that was deliberate or. or um, I didn't. Uh, not. I mean, this is a. This is a. I mean, in the literacy, literacy, and, and every most of the business coach use this. Uh, these, uh, um, it's a great is a great way of defining business, uh, and it is a great way, and it's it's very important. I didn't notice when I started. Mm. Um, I didn't notice until I I reached this point where where we had these challenges because I was I was the manager, I was the operator in my business, and I thought this is uh, supposed to be this is how how I should run this organization. But if I would have stepped out um, from this manager role before. The challenges hit me. Then I would have been better prepared. Then I would have seen the. Then I would have worked on the organization, not in. And when you work in an organization, you're always involved in all these challenges, all these issues, um, all these politics plays at client sides, yeah. which in the end this 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 tires you. This uh, uh, wears you down. And uh, this is why it's so important as an as a founder that. Uh, you step out and uh, you you will look at this from an external point of view. Many, or there are entrepreneurs or there are founders, they don't want this. They want to stay as a coder, which is fine. But then you have to find other people who take this role. Then you have to find other managers and someone who's, who's, who will be the real the CEO, the, uh, the entrepreneur with an entrepreneurial mindset. Otherwise, you end up like me, you know, almost losing your business. Mm, absolutely. Would you sell your business? Yes. I mean, <laughs> this was no, also I'm a process. Not you don't, uh, I mean, I, I, I had the, I mean, uh, uh, well, I, I, as I said, I retired. We, uh, um, but uh, I had, um, I had an opportunity right before this, uh, this uh, um, challenging times. And I said, oh, I can't do this. You know, I mean, this is my baby. Yeah. How can I sell this? This is me. And this is also learning. You know, you need an exit plan as an, as a founder. You need to be able to step away from your business, sell it. Otherwise, you, you don't an entrepreneur. You have a job. You know, you're just uh, an employee. So I made the mistake back then that I, I said no or not that I said no, but I, I wasn't ready to sell it to someone where it would be a good fit. And uh, now, um, I have a different viewpoint on that. Um, if I, if I, um, I mean, now I'm an investor. I'm I help uh, startups to um, uh, in their seed phase. So I invest in, in early uh, stage uh, startups and uh, help them uh, grow. Now I'm, well, I would be happy to sell when things when the time is right. If I found a new business, maybe in the future. Then of course I would also design it in a way that I was will be able to sell it uh, at a certain point in time. So so let's let's just say theoretically, hypothetically, saying you sell this business in in a, a year's time. What do you then do in a year's time? Do you do you start something else? Do you perhaps act as as as, as a as a coach in lots of small startups? Uh, what 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 does the world look like? Do you, do you create your own another business yourself? Because 
you're going to end up with a lot of free time and a lot of uh, avenues and opportunities to go in. What would that What would that world look like, or what could that world look like for you? Post well, well, whoever wants to, whoever's in this position where he might think about selling a business, you need to develop a plan B. You need to have something prepared before you you sell it. I mean, this is my personal opinion because otherwise, you really can end up in a situation where you reach your goal. You know, you you did the exit, you made lots of money, but hey, what's then? You know, um, um, most of your friends they might be still working. Uh, they might be have they have a day job, so uh, you will sit at home. Um, you can only do so much holidays and and. Uh, buy so many toys uh, uh, and there will be the point where you're bored, where you, where you don't have uh, a really sense anymore and a purpose. And uh, I think this is very important when people step out of a business that they, that they develop a plan B, that they develop a passion, that they already think about what would they do um, when uh, the day come, when they basically get the paycheck. Mm. And the same would apply when I would sell uh, something, of course. So, so you would just do more of the same. You wouldn't necessarily start another business. No, I, I don't say more of the same. I would say uh, um, have a plan B that, for example, either start another business or um, find something to do which gives you purpose, which gives you uh, um, enjoyment, which fulfills your needs. Because just having a big pile of cash uh, doesn't uh, fulfill your needs. Uh, maybe you think. This helps, this fulfills your needs. But I mean, money is not uh, is not um, uh, helping you to grow, helping you to um, uh, develop new skills. Uh, it's not making you happy. You know, I mean, there are so many people who um, who made a fortune by by selling something, or they won a lottery, and then and then they are miserable people. They they depressed. They uh, they don't know what to do because they have no no purpose in life anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Look, we're coming to the end of the interview. I asked the same six questions to all of my guests. They're quick fire questions. They don't need a quick fire answer. The first question is, what was the best decision that you made? The best decision I made in life um, was... I think there are many good decisions uh, in retrospect. Um, the, the best decision was probably going to a uh, going to a breakfast uh, um, party, uh, um, a party uh, kind of a birthday party, where I didn't really want to go, but um, I went anyway, and I met my wife. So this uh, was probably yeah one of the best decisions I made. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. What's the best piece of advice you've been given? I want to quote my mentor, uh, uh, Tony Robbins. Um, Life is happening for you and not to you. And when you when you look at this statement, yeah, look at all the the challenges you had in the past. Yeah, there was always something positive. You you develop new skills. You 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 stopped something which didn't work anyway and started something new. Um, you um you you develop yourself and uh, when, with every challenge i have uh and uh and i also have a lot of challenges of course 
I always ask myself, okay, how can this happening for me? What what is the the, the upside uh, on on this this challenge? And then life is a completely different game. You know, you're not suffering anymore. You see this as something a crow opportunity and and something you can really build on. And uh, this helped me a lot. Um, someone said, I think it's uh, John Demartini, that there's always, on every negative, there is also a counter opposite, which is yes. positive and vice versa positive. There's always a negative. So it might be that you, you, you something happens, that, but you can always see an opportunity for yourself to grow. Yeah. Um, in that, I think that's a really thought-provoking thing to realize that, in every every decision, everything that impacts you, there's always an opportunity there, and vice versa. Everything that's going very well, I love the other one. The other one that um, it shall pass. So you're yeah. feeling sad and depressed. It shall pass. You're feeling elated because you've just sold a business or you've just had this successful contract. It shall pass as well. There are always there's always these like sort of emotional. Uh, sort of uh, highs or lows but you have to realize they all will pass onto the next thing onto the next thing so i love that i love that quote um as well it shall uh, pass we'll remember this yeah yeah it shall pass whatever it is good or bad it shall pass um who helped you most in your career here again probably my wife um giving me the um uh, stability at home giving me um backing um and um and believing in me yeah i mean What's we we entrepreneurs often often our biggest uh enemies you know we we doubt what we do you know we really are we always ask ourselves is this the right thing you know uh do i take the right decisions and so on and um then you need someone who says yeah i mean just go for it you know uh, um which uh someone who knows you inside out and um yeah i would say it's my wife excellent do you have any regrets? Um, actually, I mean, of course, there are always things you ask, you, 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 you say to yourself, yeah, I shouldn't have done this. Uh, I shouldn't have um, uh, acted. There are always smaller things in life. But when I look more like on a, on a, on a um, more like a very eagle view on my life, Honestly, there's nothing I really regret. There's nothing major I say, okay, I shouldn't have done this. Um, they're always small things, but um, nothing really which which has an immense impact um, on my life. And it's, I mean, this also, when you look at this, take the statement, life is happening for you, not to you, then you develop this mindset, you know, that things happen for a reason and uh, also my decisions are for a reason sometimes i made a mistake but uh, this mistake also in the long run led to something better you know so i can uh, truly say that uh, i'm um i'm uh, um, in, in german we have this word im reinen with yourself you know i'm i'm uh, i'm i'm i don't have any big major doubts or major uh, uh, regrets no fantastic okay thank you what are you most proud of um i have two amazing sons you know uh how old are they 11 and uh, 13 
to get a bit of a difficult age at the moment, you know. Um, I hope this. I've been a thirteen-year-old boy. I know how difficult they can be. But I heard, I learned today. This shall pass. Exactly. But no, I mean those are amazing creatures, uh, amazing people, and uh, and I love them, and uh, I love how they develop, and um, often, of course, see it's, you see yourself in, in in them, you know, you see similarities, and uh, yeah, I'm really proud of them. Yeah. Uh, what does legacy mean to you? Legacy means, um, yeah, old patterns old behaviors old um thought uh, patterns which we carry around um uh which don't serve us anymore yeah so um eliminating this from 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 our lives eliminating this from from uh, um yeah from from the way we think and and the way we act is 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 important you know to to be successful in this ever-changing world. Huh? So, yeah, um, get rid of uh, um, these these um, unresourceful um, patterns which we all carry around, you know. And, and where can people find you if they want to reach out to you? Yeah, I mean, I'm primarily active on LinkedIn. Um, um, if you connect with me there, um, happy to chat, happy to... Uh, 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 meet new people. As I said, um, I'm having a, a podcast. So if someone wants to come on the show, just reach out to me and the best place is LinkedIn. Fantastic. Thank you, Sebastian. Before we go, do you have any last comments, any last thoughts? Um, I really enjoyed our conversation. Um, uh, I had this on a different podcast uh, where someone said that um, the, um, the the content we share, I mean, you, you, you said, okay, I have this from this book. And then uh, it's, it's some people say, oh, this common knowledge, you know? Mm. Yes, it is common knowledge, but we don't, many people don't act on it. You know, um, we, we don't execute. Yeah? Um, there's a, a statement from uh, Jim Rohn. Uh, it's easy to do, but it's also easy not to do. Yeah, we all know literally that an apple a day keeps a doctor away. You know, yeah. I mean, as a as a um, simple statement, but how often do we eat an apple a day? Yeah. yeah, how often do we drink enough water? How often do we do the simple things in life which have a big impact? And this is why I love uh, talking on these podcasts about these so common things because people need to be remembered. They need to uh, they need to be reminded. They need to really. Um, repeat uh, uh this uh repetition is the mother of all skills so there's nothing as common common knowledge you know it's all important absolutely thank you sebastian thank you so much for your time it's been absolutely fascinating speaking to you i've had a really great time speaking so thank you very much have a good day me too mark thanks for having me